listeners to season four, episode six of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shy. And I'm Callie. And this week we're doing a special live episode as we participate in streaming for survivors, benefiting the charity Wava Rape Crisis Center. They are British Columbia's largest sexual assault center, and they serve all folks of marginalized genders, including cis and trans women, non-binary people, two-spirit people, gender fluid people, anything. If you are a marginalized gender, they serve you, you name it. From the moment that you've experienced a sexual assault, they are with you every step of the way. So our donation link is in the chat bar. If you are uh, listening to this on our podcast, it'll be in the description of this episode. And we would really love it if you could donate. Um, Any bit helps. We're a very small charity. So even if you only had $5 to give, that is $5 that would allow a survivor to make it to and from their therapy for free. Um, $35 provides an hour of support on their nationwide crisis line, which actually accepts calls from all over the world. They have over 2,000 calls every year. And before we dive into the show that we're watching this week, we've already received $290 of donations. (laughs) Oh my gosh, blowing us out of the water of our first initial goal of 200. So we have a few things that we have to do. We have a shot each. Of totally not alcohol because uh, we are live on Twitch. Uh, punch. <laughs> so yummy. Delicious. It's red to match the evil dad. Uh, wow, that's a good punch. Oh. I overfilled mine a little. That was some bad punch. Oh, the punch went bad. <laughs> and um, this is a tequila, totally not tequila. <laughs> And come to Cassis, totally not come to Cassis shot, which we are doing for this episode just as a fun shots of dismemberment is what we called them. But if you have donated, you will be receiving in your email a exclusive cocktail that will not be or not cocktail, but cocktail recipe that won't even be going to our patrons. It'll just be going to people who donate for this show. Heck yeah. So thank you so, so, so much. Um, oh, what else do we have to, to do? Start. Sorry. <laughs> we have a buddy. We have a buddy. And I he's been wandering around. So if I look distracted, I'm like making sure he's not hitting wires or catching on fire. <laughs> uh, but I have a secret way of an, an unlicensed snack treat. <laughs> oh, there he is. Hello, buddy. Oh, you are now a prop. For our games. Hello, buddy. Oh, just the sweetest boy. This is our lovely cat who will get some treats for being manhandled. Oh, he ran away. Wait. This uh, (laughs) shot would definitely not be buddy approved because it was very sour. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. You got to go up to eat them. You got to go up, buddy. This is quality entertainment. This is what people want to (laughs) hear. <laughs> I'll get him. I'll give him this treat and then I'll offer him some more later and he will eat the treat. Eat the treat. There, find the treats. They went all over the place, buddy. We are ill we were ill prepared for this. Let's uh, continue. Guest spot. <laughs> I mean, buddy approved regardless. He's just happy to be here with some treats. I want a cuter. Be cute. Be cute for the people at home. <laughs> it doesn't help that your mic is like right in front I of where he sits. so many treats out there, buddy. You'll never find them. <laughs> so this week we watched Evil Dead from 1981. And I do want to be extra completely clear that we will indeed be talking about sexual assault in this episode. Um, and we totally understand if this is not something that you want to either watch or hear about if you're listening on the show. And um, I will give an extra warning when we go into to detail because this film has a very iconic scene that involves sexual violence. Um, But yeah. First, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie, which we already enjoyed. And really, I'm glad that it's over now. (laughs) And you can just see Buddy's face instead as he's very grumpily held up to the camera. (laughs) That's all I wanted. (laughs) My mission is accomplished. That was perfect. Um, So we could dive right in. Evil Dead premiered on May 26, 1981. It was written and directed by Sam Raimi, and it stars Bruce Campbell as final boy, I'm saying myself, Ashley J. Williams. 
Ellen Sandwies as Ash's sister, Cheryl, Richard DeManicor as toxic masculinity representative, Scott, Betsy Baker as Ashley's kind girlfriend, Linda, and Teresa Tilly as Scott's girlfriend, Shelly. And someone said Buddy is adorable. I agree. I'm really glad that we have him. <laughs> he makes my life so much better. He has uh, never, well, it's been a while since he's been in the studio, but since it's become a studio, he has not been in here. So he's been sniffing around a lot. <laughs> and um, this synopsis I'm stealing from IMDb and it's written. I had to choose this one because it was written by someone named Ash. Nice. So it just worked out completely. Bruce Campbell's like, no one can do it as good as me. <laughs> so five friends go to a cabin in the woods for a vacation. They discover a volume called The Book of the Dead and a tape recorder belonging to a professor who also owns the cabin. One of them plays back what is recorded on the tape, which just happens to be Candarian Resurrection Passages, translated from the... Necronomicon! Uh, um, actually, <laughs> it's not called the Necronomicon in the Evil Dead. It's called the Noctis Semtiris or something. I can't remember. Yeah, well, uh, in parentheses, it says Book of the Dead by the Professor, which unleashes an evil force from the woods. The people start turning into evil deadites, oh. and the others soon learn from the tape that the only way to kill a person who is turned into a deadite is by total body dismemberment. People are dying left and right and with only one remaining it is up to Ash to survive the night and battle the evil dead. So Ash goes in to check on his girlfriend Linda who was stabbed in the ankle with a pencil earlier by one of the deadites but he actually finds her already possessed as well. She tricks him into trusting her by seemingly returning back to normal so he drags her outside to be buried but... He goes back inside to check on Scott, who dies after telling him there is a trail in the woods. So they do have a mean of escape, even though the bridge to the cabin has been destroyed. Linda later returns and tries to stab Ash, but she falls on the dagger that is used to kill the deadites. Ash drags her outside to cut her up with a chainsaw, but unable to do it, he buries her instead. Of course, we know that if they're not dismembered, that means they're going to come back. She rises from the grave and Ash beheads her with a shovel. The head soon comes back to life and taunts him and the body gets up to chase, chase Ash back to the cabin. In a final battle, Ash runs into the cellar to get the shotgun shells, is attacked by the house itself with spurts of blood, manages to shoot his way out with the boomstick shotgun, and we see the deadites quickly begin to decompose once they've been dismembered thanks to this gun. <laughs> Ash makes it outside only for the camera to become the evil dead <gasps> once more, quickly approaching him as we zoom in onto his screaming face. Wait, was it supposed to be us the whole time? Ba, ba, ba. We, we turned into the evil dead. <clears throat> um, also, I couldn't watch this movie without hearing um, the dad from Stranger Things in the back of my mind continuously saying, take that down. It's in poor taste. <laughs> uh, after Will goes missing. Yes. Like, not even just in the beginning where I'm like, haha, what a good reference. Like, throughout the entire movie, his voice was just repeating in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, Byers, shut up. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> I have seen this movie before um, and we watched it literally this morning. We've been very busy with streaming for survivors. Packed uh, very packed, but it was very interesting. I'll let you jump into your thoughts. We have to skip because this is a live show on We're Twitch. We're legally not allowed to. We cannot uh, play the trailer for you. Um, I mean, there's nothing saying that we can't act out what we think a trailer looks like. Oh, God. So Are who we... owns this cabin anyways? I don't know. Some creepy guy. He it hasn't it. really been used before. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, John, John the Necronomicon now. That's not really the Necronomicon. You're taking things too far. You know she was upset. Why are you playing it? An animal in the cellar. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, Jesus Christ. Ah! <laughs> the Evil Dead. 1989. 81. Summer, probably. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> 
Wow, what a great trailer. Yeah, that seemed like they had a lot of creative control. And um, really, they went to town on that. Chat says, give them the Oscar wow. Uh, not Buddy approved. Buddy is now sit. Uh, so my thoughts. Yes, so- tell me. Something that stood out to me so distinctly watching this movie was the sound design. Um, Mm -hmm. It, how do I say this in a nice way? It didn't sound good. The like the it sounded kind of scary. The technical audio quality of the movie did not sound that great. But what they managed to do with that sound was like very iconic. Uh, It's. It's very uncomfortable to listen to this movie. And as I say that, I think I remember when you watched this movie without me because I was working. You were in the room. Yeah. yeah, I was working or something. And every scene sounded bad, like uncomfortable to listen to. And I'm like, oh, my God, this movie is doing a lot of wild things. There's this like, um, well, the movie starts with this bug. The sound of a bug, like a fly. Oh, is that what it was? And it actually ends with the same sound at the hmm. end of the credits, which I thought was very cool. So it was the bugs all along. Dun, dun, dun. The bugs did it. And like just the slurping and like oh, the gore sounds. Specifically, the moment that I was like, oh, yeah, this is doing some stuff is uh, when Shelly has the dagger in her back and she just does this scream that is like akin to uh, the thing scream, which is my favorite weird noise in a movie uh, where she just it's this like tonally equal scream that just goes on forever and Ash is like up against uh, the wall with an axe just like staring at her as she does this and I'm like I'm with you Ash this sounds horrifying (laughs) and it is not stopping and I wish it would stop because it is so uncomfortable Um, and then yeah the like splorching and like wriggling noise that her like body parts are doing when they're on the ground. They're just like (laughs) that was very cool to watch also. Yeah, it was um, uh, yeah that was, I don't know it, I can tell why this movie is like a cult classic because, yep, go there go there. It feels cheap AF. It's one of those movies that I feel it makes you feel like you could make a movie. Yes, agreed. I mean, the practical effects. I'm sure we'll get to talking oh, yeah, about we'll that. We'll talk about that. Those that. That's that, my next point. That made it, but the rest of it. Ooh. All right, let me rephrase this. It sounds like a movie that you could make. <laughs> um, it's just like I don't. It whoever made the sounds did a very good job making me feel bad watching this movie. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Like every blo- when the pipes burst and like drenches uh, ash with blood I was like oh my how did how does this sound worse than it looks uh, it was just quite good I also just want everyone to know that buddy now has found all of the treats that fell and is just scouring the floor yeah maybe Continues. I'll shake the bag some more to <laughs> trick him and we're only $10 away from reaching $300 if anybody has extra funds lying around the link is in the chat heck yeah also, the like, join us, join us. That was a theme throughout. Like, yeah. starting right at the beginning before anything really bad had happened, mm-hmm. Cheryl, when she was uh, compelled to draw the novel or draw the novel, draw the <laughs> Necronomicon, that was it's not called the Necronomicon. Yeah, well, it's called the Noctum Septus or something. You can't correct me if you don't know what you're correcting me for. That's not true. As a critic, I can tell you you're wrong without <laughs> being able to do it myself. What's your next? point (laughs) the uh incidentally the practical effects oh interesting um with one caveat it did the thing at the end of the movie that i'm not a huge fan of which is uh live action movies with like really good practical effects doing stop motion oh yeah you hate that um i don't necessarily hate it but it feels kind of like how cgi is overused nowadays um, where it just draws you out of it, af- especially after you see like a face melt or blow up yeah. in real time. And then everything goes into like stop motion and it looks like a music video of like an ant decaying or something from an artsy <laughs> music video person. I don't know. What that I was. did think it was d- well done, but it did. It was just definitely a shock. Yeah, it, it's like uh, going back to the thing, the end of the thing. Every time that uh, it bursts out in the mines, I'm immediately pulled out of the movie with the stop motion. It's uh, I'm now you remember how I used to talk about how the double lens thing annoyed me. 
Yes. Where like the blur in the middle of them is like, why would they superimpose? Now that I found out that's just a lens and not superimposing, I'm I've eased up on it a bit. I mean, it still looks awful. Why do people terrible. do that? <laughs> uh, but stop motion at the end of a live action practical effects horror movie uh, just takes me out of it. Um, but yes, other than that, other than that caveat, the rest of the movie looked great. Um, it looked gross, <laughs> much, <laughs> much like the sounds. Everything in this movie feels gross and uncomfortable. Uh, I think you were the one that mentioned how like their face or their hands look. Oh, creepy. yeah. Yeah. I have a point about their costumes. Okay. Um, yeah, it's oh, like intense. A, a, uh, one of them fake. One of them is fakes. Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly just I, one of my actual points with the lighting oh, and okay. stuff. I, I blended in, but I could talk about that here. It is intensely done. I can throw in some scaredy facts that I actually didn't include. The contacts that they had the shemps wear, which are the people that are possessed, the deadites. Is that what they're called? I have another fact that you're going to have to wait, wait for. No, this I, I can't wait because there's a movie called Darkman where Bruce Campbell plays Final Shemp, and I need to know what the hell that word means. Well, you're going to have to no. wait and see. <laughs> but the contacts that the actors who were possessed had to wear covered half of their eye, like literally the whole front of their eyes. Because And it looked really good. Yeah. Out of the costumes overall, that was like very, very convincing and very great practical effects. But they were so hard to wear, they had to take them out every 15 minutes oh. to allow the actors to have their eyes be able to breathe. Um, otherwise, they were going to do permanent damage to their eyes. Oof. Intense. Fun fact about permanent damage and those kind of um, contacts is that my dad uh, has a fake eye and oh. wears that contact to like make his eye look real. OK. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's like, it, yeah, it goes back into into like the crevices of your eyes. Yeah. And sucks. Yeah. And then, but just talking about their costumes overall, like the makeup effects, they were pretty good. Mm -hmm. I, okay, maybe I should talk about the Shemps now. Damn it. I mean, we can wait. I'll, I'll talk about more about how, what I was thinking. Okay. About. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I mean, their hands look like meat. It looked like they cooked meat. And I'm kind of like gloves. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because they probably were, <laughs> but, but uh, hide it better. Like the, uh, <laughs> It was it was very schlocky, overdone practical effects, like all of the goop and the gunk coming out of them. Spurting. Just splashing everywhere. Like it was just milk that they were puking out. Oatmeal. Um, <laughs> and like the the blood, like when um, she gets stabbed in the ankle, oh, you can tell that, that it's intense. a fake ankle but like it they show it so much that it's so uncomfortable to look at i didn't even i couldn't even tell it was fake that to me was so oh. it scared me like yeah. looking away oh god there were so many instances of please stop showing this thing that you're <laughs> showing me and <laughs> even going back to like bruce getting all the blood all over his face like again you're just he's his mouth is open and blood is spraying everywhere and you're like please please <laughs> stop it. Please stop. Um, yeah, they did a, a both visually and auto audio audioly. Yeah, audibly lean into it audibly. <laughs> um, they did a real good job at making this movie feel uncomfortable. It's one of those ones that are I would have almost liked to have seen the first like theater showing to see how people react to just how gross it is. Yeah. Like, I imagine that John's dad telling him to take the poster down is also because it was a gross ass movie. Um, yeah, that was my second fact or my second point. <laughs> Do you want my third point? Please tell me. Um, so I've never seen many of the Evil Deads or the World of Darkness. Nope. Something of Darkness. Wow. What? The name they rename it. It's the um, oh boy. Oh boy. I'm showing my cards here. It's the Evil Dead, but then it goes into the Army of Darkness. Aha, I got okay. that. Um, I've never seen Army of Darkness. I've never seen any of the Evil Deads. But all I know is that, like, like he Ash is a wise kraken, like, chainsaw hand, shotgun <laughs> born. He's, then every time we play Dead by Daylight, every time you pick him, he says a one-liner. He's like, look who's shitting in the tall grass. <laughs> <laughs> so what I know of Ash is that he becomes... <laughs> Like a dad, I guess, with a chainsaw hand. Um, 
but I've this been, is his origin. Yeah, that's true. And I've been told that like Evil Dead is like so different than the other ones, like Evil Dead One. Yeah, but it's still kind of felt a little bit comedy. Yeah, a little comedy. I mean, they do a really good job at the beginning, as our favorite quote of Aaron from The Office says, that she likes it at the beginning of the movies when the families are all happy. Yeah, exactly. Because there were some pretty great jokes and like the camaraderie between the friends mm-hmm. was there. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about also like the after part. Well, even like the cutaway gags and stuff like that. Like in the beginning when they're driving and um, like the bridge kind of breaks a bit, Ash like opens the door to look out and then sees stuff falling and he's like, Nope. nope. Yeah. <laughs> and closes it. And he's like, I bet things can't be that bad. And she's like, nah. And it's like, yeah, I bet we're gonna have a good weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just like the the writing and the cinematography kind of felt comedic a little bit, but in like a cartoony kind of way. It was like it was trying to be serious horror slasher movie, but like a little flavor, a little flavor of cartoon. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Ooh, buddy's coming, buddy's coming closer. Oh my God. Don't, don't, no sudden moves or the buddy might, oh, he ran away. You scared him with your <laughs> keyboard. Um, But yeah, so it's like, it's nice to see that even though it's probably a lot different than the first or the next couple ones, um, it like started, started there a little bit, like a little seed. Yeah. Of, yeah. of the evil dead and army of darkness future that then bloomed yeah after ash dies at the end question mark who knows there's an evil dead too and he didn't have a chainsaw on his hand that's so. true the entire movie i was like because <laughs> they said dismemberment and i was like oh he's probably gonna get infected and cut off his hand before it it spreads and then it never happened and i was like oh what <gasps> now you have something to wait for when we watch evil dead too yeah We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by American Nightmare Candle Company. Big news! You folks can now get discounts. Yeah! Get 10% off your order on their Etsy page with code DRINKANDSCREAM, all caps. Bring the horror into your home with the handmade soy wax candle with 10% off <laughs> from American Nightmare Candle Company. The scents are inspired by locations iconic to the horror genre, places like the Overlook Hotel, Sleepy Hollow, and Elm Street. Each fragrance combination is carefully curated to transport you into the story, and the catalog is ever-evolving. Available for purchase at Etsy.com slash Nightmare Candle Co. Don't forget about code DRINK AND SCREAM for 10% off. Are you sick of wearing ordinary face masks? Check out these sick face masks from the FX artists at Locked in the Cellar Creations. Step up your face mask game with a horror or fantasy character face mask. These are not simple fabric masks, but highly detailed, handmade latex masks in the shape of all kinds of characters and creatures with a built-in washable cotton liner and filter. Available in a variety of designs like Dragon, Hannibal, Cat. Some even have matching forehead prosthetics to create a complete cosplay look. Check out all of their masks and prosthetics at LockedInTheCellar.com. I just received uh, their dragon mask. We got it in green. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. The detail. This is not even part of the ad. They're not <laughs> paying me to say this. It is so lovely. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. Check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com, to get some merch, find some more behind the scenes info about the show, and uh, other really cool stuff. Um, did you have some points to make? Do I ever? So I wanted to talk about Ashley as a character. I do enjoy how like final girls always have names like Ashley, which uh, or like Chris or whatever, how they're sort of like gender neutral. They can be a bit more masculine here. And to me, having Ashley as the the name of this lead guy who's supposed to be this not uh, well, yeah, like very masculine, the hero of the film. I thought that was interesting. 
And he totally isn't the toxic masculinity sort of stereotype here. His whole relationship with Linda is very real. Mm-hmm. I thought that their whole storyline was amazing. They were very connected. Their moments when they he gave her the necklace was very genuine. And, and they had little jokes with each other. Yeah. Him when he's giving her the necklace, her when she's pretending to be dead. You know, whatever. <laughs> so cute. And um, just like how they comment like, well, this is our first time we've had a chance to be alone. It all was very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kelly and I, when we're at gatherings, we're always like, oh, my God, get me away from these people. <laughs> I want to be alone. Right. Yes. <laughs> but no, the idea of like, oh, like <clears throat> we've been with all our friends and it's so fun. But then it's nice to just get back to that one person that, you know, is there yeah. for you all the time until they become a deadite. And then you have to slice them up mm-hmm. and kill them. Which is, it's funny that you say that because when the two girlfriends become deadites, I feel like the two guys, like, do not feel, like, Ash, like, forgets that she's just sitting there in the doorway while he's doing other stuff. And then there's this, like, beating her. That part was kind of weird. Like, hitting her in the face with, like, no remorse. And then it just felt like the moment they turned into deadites, they were like, okay, well, you're not there anymore. I need to deal with this right here. Yeah. But also to counterpoint that, I think that Ash shows a lot of resistance to actually fighting the Deadite that is Linda. Mm -hmm. He doesn't chop her up. He can't. He tries to with the chainsaw and knowing that that's the only way to save himself, he still doesn't do it. He buries her. He takes the time to bury her. And then, of course, immediately you're like, she's going to grab him. (laughs) Uh, And that totally happened. But. Uh, the through line of the, that necklace that he gave her was nice. And he used that to save himself yeah. with the Necronomicon and throwing it into the fire and it was burning. Not the Necronomicon. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but I thought that was good. Good. And then my next point is a very bad part about this film, <laughs> which is the lighting. It yeah. drove me crazy. Oh my goodness. It was so... I know that this film has a low budget because I did the scaredy facts for this one. But um, even then, to show like these weird floodlights, literally showing the equipment in shots. Supposed to look like um, cement blocks or something on the the house, but you could clearly see lights coming out of it. It was so weird. And then like the spotlights that were used. There's some moments where. I guess it's a stylistic thing that I just didn't enjoy because there were scenes where the lighting in certain bedrooms was literally red. And you made a comment while we were watching this, Kelly, that it felt like this was a play. Mm. And the especially with the lighting, like it was so dramatic. The amount of smog they used, <laughs> holy cow, which is featured in the uh Exclusive cocktail recipe, by the way. Uh, But that just blew my mind. How it just pulled me out. It felt so fake. Yeah. But the story, as much as it was like people are being possessed and like attacking each other with (laughs) pencils and whatnot, it still felt so believable. And I was invested in these characters. But then to have them like drag bodies to their specific marks in this halo of a ring light on the grass was so weird to me. It was like, I I turned to you and I'm like, oh man, this feels like a play. They should make a musical of it. And then you're like, (laughs) just wait, there is. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I want to talk about the costumes, but we already did that. I thought that the practical effects here were really well done. The eye contacts were great. We reached our goal. Thank you. Someone donated $20. I have to check. Maybe we have to do another shot. That means we get a nat 20, guys. (laughs) We get to do a nat 20, right? Mila gave a critical success to Buddy. Yo, Buddy, you hear that? I don't know know where he went. It's a tabletop titties and drinking and screaming crossover. Thank you so much, Amanda, for making us reach and surpass our goal. That is amazing. I do a little happy dance. So no shot then. That's good. Ha <laughs> Yay. No shot. <laughs> and then my last moment that I wanted to really touch on. And again, this is the part of the show where we're going to be talking about sexual assault in a very real way. So if that is something that you need to not hear today, feel free to skip this episode. 
And Amanda's in chat saying that she did say what she wanted. (laughs) (laughs) I fine. We will do it. (laughs) You make yours and then I'll do. I'll talk about this point. And you want to make the drinks? Yeah, you talk about this one. (laughs) Make sure the buddy's not chewing through the wires. Oh, she really did actually select it. So there we go. I thought she was lying. It's true. But um, great. (laughs) I wanted to talk about. The tree scene, which is when Cheryl is, uh, she was pulled into the forest by, you can come into frame. This is a live show. Kelly's here. (laughs) She is pulled into the forest by this voice saying, join us, join us. And she's wearing this robe and she runs out and eventually the trees literally attack her and uh, she does get raped by these trees literally the evil force takes over part of the forest to uh bind her and uh rape her but i wanted to touch on that the scene with cheryl in the woods wasn't actually originally scripted as a rape scene and the actress ellen sandweiss actually says she came out that the original script simply read cheryl is attacked by the woods and that while filming the scene, they kept adding more to it and uh, in post-production as well. And the importance of intimacy coordinators here, I really want to talk about that because I feel like this is kind of, I mean, I feel it is fucked up to just impose this on actors when they've, especially when they're so early in their career. This is the first film for many of these people on the list. So they feel like they can't advocate for themselves. So she perhaps did something that she wasn't really comfortable doing. And of course, what happened to the character wasn't their choice either. But then... The next scene, when she manages to escape, she fights. She's strong enough to get herself free. She makes it back to the house. She gets inside and then she tells her brother, Ash, what happened to her, how the woods are alive. Nobody fucking believes her. She's not even in her robe anymore. She's been like visibly cut in all kinds of places and they don't even want to help her. They're like, it's fine. Like, what do you mean? And we're not going to drive you anywhere. And she is so strong in her self-advocacy, which is very inspiring to me, that she does convince Ash to take her. And that moment really made me lose respect for Ash. I was talking about how he was such a great role model and how I loved his relationship with Linda, but he wouldn't believe his own sister. Like, yeah, if my sister came out of the woods scratched and cut to hell, my first instinct would be to get her to safety. But like even like her telling me that shit's fucked up and she needs to get out, that would be her incentivizing me to get her to safety. Yeah. And neither of those things convinced him to do it on his own. <sighs> he basically had to be like forced to go do it. Yep. Yeah. Just believe women. I mean, and then the woods tried to gaslight her uh, by he was trying to turn on the, the car and it wasn't turning on. And she's like, it's not going to let us leave. And then it turned on so that. It made her look less convincing and less credible, less reliable. Yeah, ah, that, annoying. That, that, I didn't. I thought it was Mother Nature, but that's clearly a man out there. <laughs> and now it's time for us to do our torture shots. Yay! Dink, dink. Wait, wait, wait. What? Put uh, raise your glass a little bit more uh-huh. and to the left, to your left, <laughs> stage right. I think a little no. bit more. Little bit. Oh wait, I'm totally doing this wrong. Never mind. I'm I'm dumb. You'd have to go the other way. Oh, <laughs> I screwed this up. <laughs> wait, I go this way. Yeah. Wait, and then raise it to the to your left a bit more. Uh, this is great. Other. This that's your, is, that was your right. I was doing left the before. Your left. And then you said no. Yeah, but that was the other side. Okay. We got this. this okay. Li- little bit more. <laughs> and then on three, do a quick little motion to your right. Okay. One, two, three. Dink. <laughs> That was not worth it. <laughs> mm. ah, oh boy. We did it. We did it. Y'all. That was great. <laughs> but this is the perfect time as we're doing these shots, which are for charity. Um, we reached $310. Wow, it's hard to talk. Um, <laughs> so it's time for. Wait. I, I need to do no, no, this. It's not the da Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's time for Whispers, Whispers from, from Beyond. Beyond. <laughs> Which we have to do live because this won't be edited. Whispers, Whispers, Whispers. Whispers, Whispers. 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 Whispers
Ooh, spooky. So I want to thank, take this moment to thank everybody that donated to our campaign, including all of our patrons, because Kelly, myself, and of course, Buddy donated this month's Patreon earnings to Weva. So Beth and Mike, Roxanne, Aiden, Ryan, Colleen, and all of our patrons, thank you so, so much. When we started, we only had a $200 goal and we crushed it. Before we even went live, we reached $200, which is fantastic. We've already funded enough to accompany two survivors to the hospital after experiencing an assault with Wave of Staff there to help them every step of the way. Now we're at $310. Thank you all so, so much. If you have any spare funds to donate, um, even if it's just $5, that brings a survivor to and from the uh, crisis center for their counseling. $35 provides an hour of the nationwide crisis line that is free of charge 24-7. And it actually accepts, we say nationwide, but it accepts calls from all over the world. So, uh, we receive over 2,000 calls every year on that line. And there's a buddy. There's a buddy. Buddy wanted to share his thanks to everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's why I called him over. Now I need to give him more treats. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for the namesake that is in this episode. Wait, no, sorry. I need to feed the buddy. <laughs> feed the buddy? That's I not, mean, that's not the segment. <laughs> I could talk more about Weva. Weva is amazing because they uh, provide hospital accompaniment, police accompaniment. They provide uh, court accompaniment literally every step of the way. Even if you don't want to explore those avenues, they also have, uh, they help you provide or help you fill out CVAP, which is Crime Victim Assistance Program. That's what I did. They Wava helped me get 20 free counseling sessions with another counselor, uh, not with Wava because, of course, the wait list was so long. And um, yeah, it's really, really amazing. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Well, this I, isn't done enough. No. Okay, great. One. Listen, my, my sister, she was uh, <laughs> sitting by the fire watching the clock, drawing the clock for some reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and she heard some mysterious noises from outside telling her to join, join them. Uh, and uh, she drew a book. And now this had no bearing on me because she didn't <laughs> tell me. Uh, I kind of kept it to herself. But uh, when my friend went down into the cellar to find an animal that was down there. Yeah. Which um, wasn't an animal. We thought he died. Yeah. Uh, of course, he was being an asshole. Uh -huh. So I followed him down and we found a little uh, hunting section with a shotgun and stuff. <laughs> but more importantly, there was a uh, book there. Mm. So I'm curious what's in the book. So it's time to open the <laughs> Rickonomicon. <laughs> Couldn't have worked better. <laughs> I'm glad I heard the sound coming from your headphone. I didn't expect that uh, we would have that audio. That's pretty awesome. No, that was last minute. Uh, so my uh, my recommendation is um, Alien Apocalypse from 2005. I've never seen it, never heard of it, and I'm not even too sure if it's a real movie. But the poster does look like it totally ripped off Army of Darkness, and it does feature Bruce Campbell. So. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, that's Alien <laughs> Apocalypse from 2005. I am going to recommend Evil Dead the Musical, of course, which first was staged in 2003 in Toronto. It's a rock musical, and what it does is it actually mixes the plot of all the first three movies. There's even a splash zone when this play <laughs> is done. If you are in the first few rows, people purposefully wear white shirts nice. so that they have this like blood-stained Evil Dead t-shirt. That's cool. And that's Evil Dead the musical, but of course you'll have to wait until COVID is over before you can eventually see it live. That uh, that's one of those things where I didn't. I used to not like horror movies, and I didn't really watch musicals that often. Yeah, but through osmosis, I learned about um, the Evil Dead musical. But it just it didn't register. I was like, ha, ah, splash zone. That's funny. And the moment that you said during while we were watching this that it is a play slash musical, I was like. Confluence of knowledge, all just striking Whoa. me at once. Uh, Amanda wants to know if Buddy has a recommendation. <gasps> Buddy, what would recommend? he recommend? He's just licking his lips from those treats. Uh, he recommends um, any movie where he where mice die or dogs die. That's Buddy's favorite. It's the opposite of whatever Char likes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, he also recommends licking your own butt if you are able to delicious 
Are you ready? Are you ready for... Da-da-da! Scaredy facts. <laughs> for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, watching the show live. Live. Whoa. Or whoa. for those of you who just like the story like I do, this is the part of the show where Kelly and I um, recreate part of our real life relationship with you all. Where after we watch a horror movie, we like to snuggle up in bed under the covers and read some trivia to each other to help remind us that it was just a movie and there's nothing to be scared of. That fake blood was made with I can't do the bit because I can't scroll fast enough (laughs) is a combination of caro syrup, non-dairy creamer and red food coloring Um, and now you get to be invited into our relationship and join us but join us join us (laughs) and read the not Necronomicon easier now that you can see us so you're like hmm, sure yeah all right all right consent is very important to mm-hmm. us so the budget as always we start with that is just three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and i have more of a story to go with that as we get by but basically they ran out of funding very quickly uh-huh. and the movie almost wasn't made nice but became huge success wow cumulative worldwide gross of 2.9 million wow that's a different number <laughs> it's Thanks. my Pert Hatley reference. This this gross is a higher number than their cost. <laughs> Whoa. I have quite a few scaredy facts. Ooh. This is, of course, Evil Dead, which means very, it's a classic. So there is a lot of on IMDb already. Blink and you'll miss it. Whoa. But this is also our live show. So I figured, you know, gotta give the people what they want with these scaredy facts. Yeah, go all out. Starting with. On the tape in which the demon resurrection passages are read aloud, some of the words spoken, which are supposed to be Latin, sound like Sam and Rob das ist hikers dan die Rodza, which means okay. Sam and Rob are the hikers on the road. Nice. As I, it was actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that sound, that was like German, right? It, supposed to be Latin. No, I know, but that sounded like das, das ist hikers dan de Rodz. Oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Das ist sounds I'm just reading it what it looks like. (laughs) But um, it means that Sam and Rob are the hikers on the road. Because, funnily enough, it was actually Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert who play the fishermen that wave to the car as it passes them at the start of the film. Nice. And then they're waving and the guy's like testing his horn and then they're waving at him and he's like, Jesus Christ, I'm not honking at you. Yeah, like how, how are you supposed? How are they supposed to know you, that? You meanie. <laughs> the original script called for all the characters to be smoking marijuana when they're first listening to the tape. Of course, the horror film trope of "you do drugs, you equal bad." Yeah. But <laughs> this is funny. The actors decided to try to do this for real. Which just made the whole footage unusable because they couldn't control what they were doing. They had to reshoot the entire scene. Good. (laughs) They couldn't get fake cigarettes to do it again? I think they just cut, scrapped the idea completely. (laughs) They were like, you guys can't stop getting high. Yeah. We're going to cut the scene. Most of the demon point of view shots that glide across the ground were actually shot by mounting the camera to a two by four while Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell just ran in the forest (laughs) holding either side. Thought that was funny. That's awesome. At the end of principal shooting in Tennessee, the crew put together a little time capsule package and buried it inside the fireplace of the cabin as a memento of the production to whomever found it. The cabin has since been destroyed. Sam, There are many rumors about this. Sam Raimi claims that he burnt it down himself. Uh, other people claim there's just been so much vandalism. But when you do, and they don't even share what the actual location is because it's been vandalized so many times. Yeah. But the only thing that's left there is in fact that fireplace. Interesting. Yeah. It's, Im- it's immovable now. It is horror history. Although I guess if anything in a house should be inflammable it should be the fireplace (laughs) so if you burn a house down i would hope that your fireplace still stands yeah the cabin actually used as the film set was used as lodging for the 13 crew members that worked on this film and a lot of people had to basically be packed like sardines in there Living conditions were terrible. The crew frequently argued the cabin didn't have plumbing. People had to go outside to uh, go to the washroom. They couldn't shower. They spent days without showering. People fell ill because it was so cold. They didn't have heat. By the end of the production, they were burning furniture to stay warm. Uh, he People who worked <laughs> on this film 
just are flat out honest about how horrible yeah, of a process it was. Bad. That in in conjunction with the story that you told about the tree scene makes like everything about this production seem awful. Yep. Uh, talking about the blood again, I'll reiterate that it is a combination of caro syrup, non-dairy creamer, and red food coloring. But at one point, Bruce Campbell's shirt that he wears in the film was so drenched in this blood that after drying it by the fire, he went to put it back on and the shirt became solidified and just like crumbled under his fingertips. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was like, why would they use non-dairy creamer? And then I was like, oh, God, if they use dairy creamer, <laughs> that whole place would smell terrible. Plus the 13 crew members. Yeah. Oof. After completing principal photography in the winter of 1979 to 1980, most of the actors left the production. However, there was still so much of the film to be completed. Again, I mentioned that they had so much money troubles they had to stop. Uh, most of the second half of the film features Bruce Campbell and a fucking full list of stand-ins. Wow. They are credited as fake shemps mm -hmm. in the credits. Uh, and that was what I was going to say when we were talking about all the costumes and the makeup. It's so heavy because they had to, you can see like earlier on in the film, they had the real actors. And then yeah. the second half, it's like, sure, it's worse because they've been possessed longer. <laughs> but also this is not, this is like three different people. <laughs> this is not my girlfriend anymore. It's fine. I can kill her. And the fact that they had all of these money troubles, Bruce Campbell actually put up his family's property in Northern Michigan as collateral Oof. so that Sam Raimi could finish the film. But not only that, but blow it up to 35 millimeter, which was okay. in fact required for theatrical release. I thought that read he let him blow up his family home. <laughs> no. Sorry. Okay, I buried the lead. I was like, but also blow it up. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> then they cut that from the actual Yeah, they, they didn't use that scene. <laughs> but... Raimi was so grateful for his financial contribution that that's how uh, Bruce Campbell got credited as co-producer. Oh, cool. I, th I was wondering about that because he did seem really young to be a producer. Totally. For sure. Yeah. But I think that that's valid. Yeah. For sure. My family's home could have been uh, seized by the bank. So I'm going to get co-producer, please. Yeah. Andy Granger, a friend of Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, gave them this advice. Fellas, no matter what you do, keep the blood running down the screen when they were thinking about making this film. So they actually included the scene in the finished film where the blood is running down the projector screen across uh, Ash's face as a nice little tribute to him and his advice. Good. I'm trying to reposition my camera so that, so that we can, can see, see the buddy. Yeah. I enjoy this. This is good. Good. Good times, buddy. Now I have only two moments left in our scaredy facts. All right. The swing music from the old Victoria in the cabin cellar plays during the closing credits only to wind down. Oh, I kind of said this earlier. Damn it. Only to wind down and grind to a stop, leaving the sound of the wind to accompany the rest of the credits. The final sound heard as the closing credits end is the fly buzzing. Nice. The first sound heard in the opening of the film. Hmm. There was a fly the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. The flies did it. And it's time for. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. And I went to Internet Movie Cars database yeah, because we is, found out about that. This is a find. Like, <laughs> I can't believe it took us this many seasons to season realize four. that this website exists. <laughs> and uh, so I have two car facts for everybody. Ash's car, which is like kind of this pale yellow one at the start of the film, the one that they try to escape on the bridge on, is a 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88. Wait, is Wait, it, 88? I mean, it, I think the the number is 88. Oh, <gasps> the number doesn't go with the year it was created? I think it's some well, it's like an F100. Like it's not it didn't come out Oh, 100. learning more every day. Also, naming your car 88 is questionable. Why? Cuz uh 88 is the number used by a lot of Nazis cuz it looks like SS. Oh. But I'm I'm sure Oldsmobile didn't do that. Mean that. Hi, Sarah in chat. Thank you for stopping by. We crushed our goal. We're at three hundred and ten dollars. Woohoo. And there's a buddy now. And now, yeah, buddy is sitting there. Buddy's next got to Kelly. the ring light, too. I'll move it more. <laughs> I don't need to be in this thing. It's, yeah, it's buddy. 
And then the other car fact I have is that the red truck that they uh, almost ran into uh, was a 1965 Ford F-Series. Nice. I am a professional and I know all about cars. People could also see that I'm wearing pajamas now. Yay! (laughs) It's quarantine. And that means it's time for final thoughts. Um, my final thoughts, I sort of said this earlier, but, um, I can really see why this movie is a cult classic and spawned like trillions of sequels. Like it's very short, like it feels short. Um, and it's extremely like refreshing and quick. Uh, it's kind of like a, and yet it's two hours. That was two hours. Yeah. It felt so fast. It, it crammed a lot of plot and a lot of actual effects and action in there yeah it doesn't feel like there's a ball or anything like even the establishing shots in the beginning are relatively well paced and stuff yeah no fluff in here no all blood (laughs) what's your final thought my final thought well first of all i really agree with you um i enjoy watching this film and i'm excited to watch the other ones as we continue with the series we've been a lot of classics this season so maybe we'll have time to do a i don't know full full watch along do we want that yes i wasn't paying attention i was looking at how adorable buddy was but i agree (laughs) he did a yawn his eyes went all squink and then he (laughs) yawned real real good and um but i also want to take this time to once again mention that we are participating in streaming for survivors which is benefiting wave of rape crisis center they uh, serve all survivors of sexualized violence that are a gender minority whether that be cis or trans women two-spirit non-binary gender fluid you name it they got you from Every step of the way. And our link is in the show notes. But of course, if you go to donate, if you're listening to this in like 2022 or whatever, um, just go to their website, wava.ca, W-A-V-A-W, and you can donate yourself. Every dollar counts. It's a huge benefit for survivors. I literally mean it. We're a small enough charity that every dollar counts. And this is the end of streaming for survivors. I think there's like two more streams after us. Our initial goal for this whole weekend was to raise 10000 And I can say that over $25,000 was raised. Wow. I haven't even had a chance to look at our final numbers for today. So it's going to be even more than that. That's and incredible. I'm just totally floored. That means that we can do it again next year. Yeah. All over again. Uh Well, that's been Evil Dead, a movie about just a sweet guy hanging out with, in a cabin with his mean friends. <laughs> next week we'll be watching Critters from 1986. And remember, always scream responsibly. Yeah. Bye! Because you all crushed our fundraising goals, we're going to be playing some Phasmophobia and doing a mini Q&A. So stick with us. We'll be back in about 15 minutes for some scary, spoopy games. Get ready for that. Bye! But stay. Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and local designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.